0: And uh, we're back for another episode. And uh, we're going to come back at one of these quick fire questions uh, uh, episodes where Roger and I are going to ask each other questions that we haven't disclosed to one another, uh, but just spend a few minutes answering each of these. They could be of a personal nature, theological nature, biblical nature, counseling nature, uh, just kind of any topic that um, comes up. And uh, we had some fun last time doing this uh, six months ago or so. Mm-hmm. And so we thought it'd be fun to, to have at it again. How do you feel about these episodes, Roger? Are they
1: intimidating to you? or? Uh... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know after I hear a couple of the questions if they're softball or, or do I have to plead the fifth?
0: The funny thing is you're the one that always is like, oh, I just got easy questions for you. And then they're always like these ridiculous things that...
1: You they're know. easy in my mind. Okay, in your brilliant mind, maybe <laughs> they're <laughs> easy. In mine, however,
0: uh, no, these are fun, and and maybe we can, uh, uh, you know, go go deeper on some and, and less deep on others. But I, I want to start out with with this one for you, Roger. If no. that's okay. And um, in, in conversation with other pastors, uh, I've been talking about this topic with uh, with a few, with some of the elders here too. Um, that when it comes to ministry and church life and the Christian life, uh, sometimes we think about it in these three kind of categories of head, heart, and hand. Mm-hmm. And this came from a personal conversation with—well, I'll say it with Pastor Tim, who's no longer with us at the church. Um, and it was a great conversation we were having. And head, heart, and hand—these are areas that we're working on and looking at biblically and spiritually, and in terms of our relationship with the Lord. Which of these is the hardest to reach and why? So, (laughs) Oh, I set you up on this one, Rod. This one is like, it's on the T waiting for you.
1: Well, like I kind of want to combine all the categories because Uh, it's all hard. (laughs) Okay. All right. The mind, the affections and the, and the will, and, and they all flow out of our heart. So the hardest thing is, and I forget who said this, but the hardest thing is to change the heart, to change your thoughts, to change your desires, which affect your will. So without starting with the internal, the external doesn't really flow properly uh, from it. So I think the complexity is, is that we're always thinking, we're always feeling, and we're always doing We're not doing one, so we can't separate them to say, okay, I'm just going to preach to your mind and just connect to your mind because your mind is also influencing how you feel. How you feel influences how your mind thinks and how your body physically is doing is also going to affect your thoughts and your feelings. And so it's so complex in how we have been created Mm. that I would see this as reaching the heart And understanding the internal and not trying to think through, you know, this person is just the thinking, this is just the the emotional, as Mm -hmm. people try to use heart, or this person is the doer. Right. Because they're all, they're all working in concert. Yeah, they're intertwined, they're affecting each other. And one day I may be thinking a lot, and the next day I'm feeling a lot, as we like Mm -hmm. to use that language of of just, you know kind of that emotional aspect, but they're all connected inside of us.
0: So would you say, so as we think about this, we know that the heart or or, or the mind, I mean, none none of our internal existence can be changed by us ourselves. Mm -hmm. The Lord's got to do the work in our hearts to change us. But as we think about the way scripture lays things out, would you agree that the way at least from what we can see in scripture, the way to the heart is often, I'm not saying always, but often through the mind. In other words, it's through the word declared, preached to us, or the word internalized, you know, uh, you know, when our, our minds are filled with the the, the word of Christ Mm -hmm. that it then goes to the heart and begins changing and working on the heart. In other words, I think it's Van Hooser who talks about this in some of his books on discipleship, even, that we have to realize the way of the heart is often through learning and through the mind.
1: Yeah, and I think if you think of uh, renewing our mind, we renew our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, that, and, and you're making a good point, there is an emphasis. Of course, uh, the, the the scriptures are informing us. They're shaping us. Mm-hmm. But I think what we don't realize is that a lot of other things are shaping us passively that we don't realize are shaping us. So, not just what we're hearing when we come to church from the Word but even the entertainment. So the music you're listening to is shaping you. The, the media you're consuming is also shaping your heart, affecting therefore how you think, how you feel and what you're doing. That's good. That all of those have to be looked at. One, we do actively. We're, we're trying to actively listen and apply, but we do so much more passively. If you think about it, you get a couple hours a week with people who come to church to inform them of the scripture If they're not doing it on their own, Mm. what are they using their time with? And I can guess that a lot of it is passively receiving. And those are messages, unless they're listening to the Bible or, you know, listening to worship songs all week. Or the Rod and Staff podcast. Or or a podcast, of course. They're not receiving the things that are also shaping what should shape how we think. So we think not just when we're engaging with... The actual word of God, but we're also thinking when we're passively receiving information, and it, it's shaping how we th- we think. So, no, that's good, very good. Did I answer your question? You, you or did. did I? No, okay. you did. That was
0: helpful. I mean, especially seeing just the interconnection between them and and how they can't really be separated. I thought that was really really helpful.
1: Yeah. Okay, my turn for a softball question. Oh, I don't get to ask more. No, you only um, get one at a time. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, this question is, <clears throat> how has a focus or how has having more of a focus on the law and the gospel paradigm helped shape your preaching and your teaching? Hmm.
0: That's a great question. I, I, I hope and pray that I'll continue to grow always mm-hmm. in my preaching yeah. and teaching. Um, but just being aware of the, those categories as categories to think in terms of has clarified a lot for me, both in my understanding of the word, but also in my ability to kind of declare it and teach it. Okay. So I would say it's helped a lot in number one, always keeping in mind that we can't leave people with law only. That's good. Which I think when I look back to a lot of my teaching in in previous years and earlier days of being a, a pastor and teacher, um, I didn't keep in mind and I, I didn't, I, I think I felt more like I, I, or now that I look back, it seems more like I was beating people over the heads with the law and not giving them the, the only power to, you know, actually keep the law. Cause yeah. the, the law doesn't give us any power. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the gospel does. And, um, so I think that's been really helpful for me and to be able to think for the congregation's sake, when they come, I want them to know who they are in Christ, what they have in him. And then, yes, now we can give the, the law enabled by the gospel through the spirit uh, to go live. Yeah,
1: that's good. So was it a lot of <clears throat> you look back and say that a lot of the way you preach the law was, <clears throat> excuse me, morality? Or were there standards that maybe were good standards you had and just, I, you know, visions for how you wanted to see people yeah. grow?
0: So we, we can't get totally into this in, in a quick fire session, but maybe it's a good one that we can cover sometime. But I think that one of the ways that I was much more law centered in my teaching was I would declare kind of, Hey, this is what a real Christian is like. Okay. And instead of saying like Paul would say, you're a Christian, so now live like a Christian, right? You're you're new in Christ, so now live out that newness. I would say if you're not living out that newness, then you're not new. You're not okay. a Christian. <laughs> yeah. And it, there's it's nuanced, it's subtle, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that is a big difference. Yep. Um. So I think we could have a whole episode or more <laughs> thinking yeah, through. Leave it at topics. that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's one to draw out. So, all right. Now this one's a little more uh, personal and practical in a sense, and because I I know you're a reader. Uh, We, we both love books. Mm -hmm. We, we both read as much as we can. How do you keep track of what you're reading? Uh, And what I mean by this, are you a note taker? Uh, Are you someone who, do you keep records Uh, other than maybe the articles? I know you write articles like review Mm -hmm. articles on, on books. Do you have other ways of taking notes and, and keeping track and, and making sure that you don't lose you know, that, all that time invested in, in reading. So I'm just going to disclose I'm not very good at this. So okay. I'm actually asking because okay. I want <laughs> to get better. So I have random notes in all these different places that are not really thorough or, or any standard of notes. But what what do you do, if anything?
1: So I have a couple of different things I do. My family does think I'm crazy. Okay. This because is Because post-it notes and highlighters I go through. Okay. Uh, many of them. So when I'm reading a physical book, mm-hmm. um, I'm highlighting like crazy and putting uh, post-it notes all over the book so I know oh, where excellent. to go back and I have a different kind of method of different ways I put them there to emphasize that I want to go back in. Okay. If I have a physical book, I then will type out notes into my Evernote wow. um, in order to have all of kind of what I gained from there really quickly available. Now it does two things. It helps me think through what I just read because I forget a lot of what I read. I also can bring up something really quickly that I know I've read when I'm trying to talk to somebody and share. And I'm like, I know I have it and I can pull it up on my phone and Evernote in my book though. Sometimes I'll just skim through all my highlights and I get the gist of it again. Yeah. So that's what I do for physical for my Kindle books about a year ago i bought an app called readwise.io and what this app does is it connects to your kindle so all of your highlights on your kindle are automatically exported into an evernote file so all of that is done for me so i don't do any typing it just sends everything over so all my digital books are simple they get all thrown in there my physical i put in there and i have one place to find all my information and sometimes I'll just go through those uh, notes again. I have a, a topic where I'm like, I know this author covered it well, and I just go through it. It also helps when I'm trying to sermon prep sure. and I need a quote. Yep. It's right there, and I just toss it in, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is where I got it from, and it's there. So so
0: so, if that's so with your physical books then, and you're taking certain notes both on Post-its as well as highlighting in the book... Um, how much of that do you transfer over? In other words, are you, you know, I find myself highlighting a lot and circling and writing notes in the margins. But if I were to, if I, I'm going to take notes and, and put it somewhere for posterity, for my own sake to go back to, let's say, um, I, I tend to try to summarize and keep it a little bit less than that. Are you doing that? Or is it just, Hey, everything that you've got, you just dump it in there. If
1: it's a really good book, I dump it all. Okay. Because I, I'm, I highlighted it for a reason. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, okay, this highlight wasn't as necessary, so I won't transfer it over, but I transfer the bulk of it. And then I'll bold things that I want to emphasize, like this is a good point. The way this author put it Mm. is a good point. And and I try to think um, also when I'm reading about – One author or theologian said, when you read a book, try to find one point or one thing about that book that you can remember Mm. that was impactful. So I'll try to find like, what was that one quote that I remember? Mm. And then that can help draw me back into going through it. So, And then I review books to help me again because I don't process a lot of it. You just read, you get through it. And I got 6 million other books I want to right, read. I'm right. not going to get through all of them. And so if I review it, then I can interact again, pull things out and just go through it. So
0: that's fantastic. I, I'm going to, I'm going to try some of those things.
1: I like that. Is my turn for a question? I think so. Okay, I'll throw you a softball. Maybe not because you haven't thought about this. Oh, great. Here it comes. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Maybe I have. Okay, if you could do a second PhD, your wife's getting mad at me. If you could do a second PhD, what would you focus on this time around?
0: Oh, man, great question. So I've actually thought about this. Okay, good. good. <laughs> because I've actually thought about going oh, no. back, <laughs> and, and, and my wife has... <laughs> yes. She told me that I'm, I'm nuts. And, and uh, yeah, I don't think she'd be very supportive this time yeah. around. But <laughs> when I was doing my THM in New Testament, I was writing on the Sabbath. That was oh. my, my topic. And I was looking at, you know, um, Second Temple period and kind of view of the Sabbath. And, and how did the, the Jewish people understand the Sabbath to understand better? what Jesus meant when he said he's Lord of the Sabbath. And that was kind of the area that I was focusing it on. And I really loved it. The only Mm. reason I didn't write uh, a thesis in the end was I had just gotten married and things were really busy. So I decided to go a track that you could do uh, additional coursework instead of writing a thesis at that THM level. So I have a ton of work already done Mm. on this, a lot of research done. If I had the chance, if it weren't expensive and I could do it, <laughs> um, man, I would love to go back mm-hmm. and actually get back into that research because it's both, it kind of combines a lot of my loves. It combines the historical, the exegetical and the theological okay. because Sabbath theologically is such an important concept. Mm. So without a doubt, that's what I would go back and do. Now, someone might say to me, why do you need to do a PhD to go back and study that? And that's true. Good point. So yeah, I guess I should study this.
1: There you go. Thanks for convicting me in this conversation. Of course, I really it's appreciate that. My role, play the Holy Spirit in your life, right? <laughs> you often have, Raj. So I accept. You often have. Uh,
0: well, this kind of leads to my next question for okay. you. Um, what's the one, or, or if you have a couple, one doctrinal truth. That you've wrestled with the most. Now, what I mean by this, not that you don't agree with it, that that it's an area where you, you're not sure what you would believe on it or not. But it's its a truth that you embrace, that you know is true. You hold to it. You confess it. But you've wrestled with it and maybe still wrestle with it. Because you either don't fully grasp it. You don't understand it. Maybe you're not comfortable with all that you have thought about it. But is there a doctrinal truth? So you you. You hold to it as true that you've wrestled with.
1: Hmm. And there's different things in Scripture I've wrestled with mm-hmm. over the years, and I'm trying to think how how to put it in. Yeah, what what would be a highlight? I I think if I look at if I look at one that I'm still thinking through mm-hmm. and still wrestling it, it has to do with the tensions in scripture i mm-hmm. i think that's the best way to put it there's tensions in scriptures where there's truths that are there together that the word of god teaches but embracing the the gap that you just can't fully understand all of it mm-hmm. i mean i'll give you two of them mm-hmm. so thinking back to the or my early christian life just Understanding God's uh, election and understanding and grasping the sovereignty of God and embracing election and embracing uh, God, uh, how he has sovereignly chosen. Yeah. And thinking about those who aren't and, and, and wrestling with that reality yeah, is hard. Believe it. Don't fully understand the mystery there and sometimes struggle with it because there's a sense of kind of that irking in the back of the mind of, okay, God, but what does that really mean when I think about it humanly? I seem to go in places that aren't good, right? And then you accuse God of things or you just don't think rightly. And so I say that's one of the bigger ones Mm -hmm. that still struggle thinking about and all the implications around it. Um, and then sanctification in general—we've talked about this—and yeah. I still go back. You, you're dead in Christ. You're you, or not dead. You're dead to sin, dead to the law. You're alive in Christ, but you still struggle with sin. Yeah. And r- understanding all the nuances. So, what does it mean to be tr- You know, to be born again—the recreation. Uh, what is? How does that all fit in with the? wrestling with the flesh and God has left the flesh in you and you go to the extremes and trying to hold the balance and even thinking through just that. And then, yeah, so can go on, but bigger conversation, but those two, I think are bigger categories for me.
0: Yeah. That sanctification one, particularly, um, there, there's so many questions that come up knowing that it's God who's at work in us. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have to say that I wrestle with that whole issue of the m- sanctification that's monergistic versus uh, yes. synergistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those that and the listening don't know what we're talking about is is sanct- We know that justification is God's work alone. Yeah. Monergistic. God alone is the one doing the work. But the question about sanctification often is, and you have people on both sides of this that are solid, godly, biblical folks. Some that would say that that it's monergistic that only God can sanctify. And I understand that perspective and probably lean that direction. But others say that, yes, God must be at work, but we also, that our efforts will actually impact our sanctification. Yeah. And that's an interesting question because there are some things in scripture that seem to imply that. And there are big questions as to how that would work. The only thing that I lean back on is, but I can't change my heart, which is what sanctification is. Yeah. So, uh, can I put myself in a, uh, a context that is more likely that my heart's going to change? Is that what coming to church is, hearing good preaching, doing the sacraments? There's some questions there.
1: Even defining the term. Def- yeah. Right? How you define it is then going to influence how you think if it's monergistic or synergistic yeah. because your definition is is going to fit in those categories.
0: Which is why maybe those two terms are not the best with regard to sanctification.
1: I think that's where it can become unhelpful is because we don't start with the starting point. We all seem to agree with justification. I'm right. not contributing anything. I'm responding. Right. That's right. I'm trusting and believing. But I'm not doing unless you, yeah, you know, yeah, you're not doing anything in that act. Yeah. God, it's all God's work. So, yeah, that, maybe, maybe I should do a, should I go do a PhD now? Yeah. Make it please. official. You can do the Sabbath and I'll do sanctification.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you think our wives would be really thrilled to hear that or or really uh,
1: upset? Can I work on the PhD on the Sabbath? (laughs) (laughs) I I had to think about that for a second.
0: Well, Who knows? Let me get to my
1: conclusions first and then. I'll find out if I was on the right path or not. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a counseling question. You always ask me the counseling questions, but it's connected to sanctification, but I think it's a good question Okay, uh, to think through. So oh boy. I know this has never happened to you before. Nobody's ever asked you this question, but a congregant comes to you and says, you know, they struggle with sin. So, So how do you help someone with a besetting sin? Stop. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just stop it.
0: Just stop it. So easy. Stop it and go to Roger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go back to Jason. I don't know. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah.
0: I I think uh, I think the first thing that we we have to go back to is the gospel, right? Mm. Every time, just go back and say, okay, let's let's just take a deep breath and remember who Christ Mm. is, what He's done what he's accomplished for you. Let's talk about that together. Let's sit down and let's go over the riches that we have in Christ. And as part of that, we go to something like Romans six, where we're seeing that he set us free from sin, right? We don't have to be slaves to sin anymore hmm. because he set us free. We go to Romans eight, where we look at the spirit hmm. and how the spirit gives to us life and freedom. And so we, we kind of look through all of those things, uh, uh, Again, going back to the the first part of that is forgiveness. You know, I'd want to go back to helping them to see that this struggle that they're having um, doesn't mean that they're not forgiven. Hmm. We go back to the fact that Christ has forgiven us of our sins, past, present, and future. Go to Galatians, where we talk about that spirit-flesh battle that's ongoing. Yeah. So... You are not unique in this. You're struggling with these sins. It's not, you're not alone. Christians throughout the centuries, throughout the millennia now, right, have fought and battled. And guess what? There's hope because one day we will be in glory and we'll never have to wrestle with sin again. But in this midpoint, right, we're still in this already not yet state. Here's what the promises of God's word are. And, you know, um, we, we look at those together, and hopefully in there they find some hope and, and the the strength to get up again and keep going forward.
1: Yeah, it's such a good answer in the way you approach it. Mm-hmm. You always give yourself a hard time for not counseling well, but, right. but your approach of starting with who they are in Christ and w- what they have in Christ, not starting with... Okay, let's, let's. Here's a five-step plan to deal with your sin. Let's get you some accountability. Let's, you know, practice these things every day. And and focusing on the sin, right. you're focusing first on the savior. Yeah. You will get to the sin and talk about ways to address it. Yeah. But starting with the right foundation that gives the right motivation and hope yeah. so that the person is walking in gratitude for what they or who they are in Christ and what they have in Christ. Then addressing the struggle in the flesh with the understanding that our hope is heaven, not Amen. here. That sin we won't think about for millions of years that we were wrestling with now. That's right. So to beat ourselves up and to start with self... It's not the not the the best path. I, I like how you start with Christ, yeah. then you can get to yeah, and, the and struggle. like
0: and like you said, I mean, when when we when we focus so much on the sin, it's almost like we're forgetting the Savior, mm-hmm. right? And it's more about me and what I can do, and I can, and then it's we we totally forget that wait, uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for mm-hmm. us. We did nothing for him to come and do that. And yeah. it is whether we, we end up talking through some of the, the sanctification and what our role is in that, whether we have any role or not, the 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 majority role is always uh, Christ. Actually, the, the fullness really comes only from Christ and his spirit. And then it's to be reminded that because of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. So there's so much in in the indicatives to focus on Yep. before we can even think about the imperatives that we're failing at. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Do we have time for any more questions here?
1: Did you ask me three already? I did. You did. I can ask you another one if you want. Only if it's a softball. We might run out of time. If I don't like the question, we'll just end the show. If someone comes to you,
0: Roger, and they're struggling with besetting sin, <laughs> How would you counsel them not? <laughs> um, I guess let me let me throw this question out there for you. Um, when would you think it's time to outsource a counseling question? So when I say outsource, I mean obviously outsourcing from our church. We're, we're the mm-hmm. elders here in this church, and we've got a number of other elders. And let's say a counseling situation comes up. When is it, hey, I think we need to hand this off to someone else?
1: So outsource it to another biblical counselor or outsource to maybe a non-biblical?
0: Your call on that, on how to even think through that.
1: So I think that, you know, in our context, um, with limited uh, people counseling Mm -hmm. and, and our expertise, when it's something that I know somebody has more experience with and can be a better tool into that person's life, if they can't help me personally, Mm -hmm. then I'd like to send that person if I know they've just dealt with this issue so much. For example, there's one counselor who's just, he's so well-known for addictions and Mm -hmm. dealing with that part of it, whether it's an alcohol abuse and different types that if it was a case like that, it's like, okay, this person can help you well. So when, when it may seem that another person uh, has more experience. It could be a case where just not getting through to the person and they need another angle. They need a voice outside that might come and speak something in their life. Even though you're speaking it, it just helps to come from another source. Maybe your relationship is too close or something there that another person. Um, there are times, sometimes, where secular uh, ex, uh, expertise is necessary. We are. Psychosomatic beings. We have a physical, we have a spiritual. We don't handle necessarily anything medical. So it's always an outsource to a medical professional if there's a medical thing. If yeah. there's any kind of substance usage there, mm-hmm. any kind of medicine that's not even spoken of, that's go talk to your doctor if you're seeing a psychiatrist for that. They need to monitor you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even getting at a full evaluation for your physical, is there something going on? There are some times where you act crazy because it's physically you have just an issue that something small can can fix like a thyroid problem, yeah, and a medication can fix it. I, I remember reading a counselor who's a medical doctor and a biblical yeah. counselor. And he's like, "I just dealt with this with medicine because that was the real issue." So I mean, look, think about it this way: sometimes I act crazy because
0: I haven't eaten, yeah, right. So many, so so, so right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so there we know there's physical ways to deal with certain uh, yeah. struggles. It doesn't mean that the heart was right in my response, even when I was hungry or whatever it might be. But yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. And, and so there's no, there's no formula. It's a, each person is their own person and you have to look at that person and where they're at and see God's wisdom and others around you and have a network. That's the hardest thing is having a network of people uh, to help that you trust that are really looking out. It's not this go find the expert. Nobody's an expert. Yeah. Even those who are, very well educated and experienced they don't know you know one thing may work for one individual it doesn't work for the other so sometimes we elevate people too much rather than the christ you know who can help meet people yeah
0: and i appreciate that because that that's there's something very humble about recognizing our own limitations Mm -hmm. trusting the lord to do the work but also trusting that he's put the right people in the right places as well whether it's medical or other biblical counselors that you can reach out to going, Hey, I know you've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Um, you know, kind of like for us here, most of the time, if I, there's something counseling wise, I come to you, I go, Hey, I know you've studied more of this than I have. Um, so, and that's uh, why you always have the right answers. No, that's no? why I tell him,
1: go talk to hike. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> answer. Good
0: answer. Well, uh, on that note, that's a good place to to wrap it up here. There's uh, a lot of fun stuff to think about, a lot of fun stuff to to talk through. And mm-hmm. I like these quick fire sessions because we get to a lot of different things. Um, I'm not sure if our listeners enjoy that or not, but they can let us know by yeah. emailing us at feedback at... Rodnstaff.org. There
1: you go. You got it right this time. Yeah, Job. I know I messed it up one time. Did. So, but,
0: but this time we got it right. So I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this quick fire session. Uh, if you have any other questions, topics, we have been getting some that we will be getting to soon. Uh, so don't dismay, but also send us more because we'd love to uh, tackle those as well. And uh, hope that you have a blessed week. God bless. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.